All right, it's November 19th, which means it's time for the Daily Spinner Rack. I'm Dan, regular host of the Comic Book Pit podcast, here to talk about a random comic from my collection. And today's pick is Terminator number one, published by Dark Horse Comics, August 1990. The cover price of $2.50, 32 pages. We've got an awesome cover by Chris Warner. This book is written by John Arcudi, penciled by Chris Warner, inked by Paul Guinan, colored by Chris Chalinor and Rochelle Manesh, and lettered by Karen Casey Smith. And the title of this issue is Tempest, Part 1. So we find a human military resistance group in the crumbling city of Los Angeles in the year 2029, which is not too far from now. Still fighting Skynet machines? The squad is on the street hiding from a hunter-killer tank that has just killed one of their soldiers. The squad leader takes their last grenade, bounces it under the HK tank, and blows it up. Which seems awful easy. (laughs) To just blow up a tank with a grenade. Why don't they just do that literally all the time? Anyway, the squad continues their assault on a fully functional Skynet network complex, blowing a hole in the wall and sneaking in. Unknown to them, a Skynet agent who is human but reprogrammed with cybernetic parts to act as an agent for Skynet watches as they penetrate the building. As the squad proceeds and passes his hiding spot, the Skynet agent runs in the opposite direction to activate the defense systems. On their way to their primary objective, a small, unassuming, and somewhat adorable little drone unit comes around the corner. Despite the warnings of a Lieutenant Koufax, one of the soldiers approaches it, not taking it seriously, and almost immediately the small robot blows his head off. The squad destroys the unit, and then they turn around and blame Koufax for not doing a better job of warning the fallen soldier. Lieutenant Koufax is also the same person that the squad leader, Colonel Randall, earlier refers to as Lardo. So clearly no one has a lot of love for Koufax. Finally, the squad reaches their objective, a time displacement chamber way greater in scope than the prototype first discovered by John Connor. Meanwhile, the uh, Skynet agent who observed the infiltration of the resistance is, uh, we, we come to know him as identified as i825.m. I feel like they could come up with an easier <laughs> name to remember than that. Uh, he heads for the the incubation chamber to activate defenders for the facility. Only three units are currently available for immediate activation. <laughs> Again, going with the uh, difficult names of, uh, of uh, Terminators. C890.L. C850.D, and HC875.S, which will be known from now on as the Big White Male Terminator, the Big Black Male Terminator, and the Big Latina Female Terminator. Back in the Time Displacement Chamber, five members of the squad are now on the time platform and start to take off their clothes as only organic matter can go through the time travel process. 
Koufax is at, at the controls prepping the machine while another soldier, Stainer, is guarding the door. Koufax reminds Stainer that Terminators can come in all shapes and sizes and that he needs to blast anything that approaches the chamber. <laughs> Once again, the sheer dislike of Koufax is on display as Stainer calls him Fats and to not tell him how to do his job. Just then, a large armed guard drone appears. Koufax seals the door, but it fires anyways, cutting through the door like paper and blowing three large holes in Stainer. Koufax is startled and seemingly about to meet Stainer's fate as several shots from a stark naked Colonel Randall take down the robot. Koufax shakily thanks the Colonel, who takes a moment to call him an idiot and wonder how he survived this long. Poor Koufax. Koufax initiates the time displacement equipment and sends the five remaining members of the team to the past. His orders were to destroy the unit in order to prevent any Skynet assets from following. Unfortunately for poor old Koufax, just as he begins shooting up the controls, the three Terminators activated by I-825.M capture him. They start questioning him, and Koufax surprisingly, bravely, and probably stupidly, spits in the face of the big white Terminator. Big White Terminator proceeds to crush his entire left hand and say, Hey, um, you've got a lot more bones for me to work on, so why don't you just tell us where they went? Cut to present day 1990s Los Angeles, where we get a page of the bare ass squad waking up in the middle of the city, realizing that they need some clothes. And, they, and uh, one page of the head honcho of Cyberdyne Systems, Dr. Hollister, disagreeing with the head scientist, Dr. Aston, about their military contracts and the future of the company. In another part of L.A., police are responding to a break-in at a fashionable clothing store where a bunch of clothed mannequins were taken and then cut to the squad putting on said clothes and making a plan to split up and acquire clothing, weapons, food, supplies, and housing. To further set the stage, the three Terminators and the human cybernetic agent arrive in an alley, along with a beaten and bloody Koufax. Big White Terminator grabs Koufax by the neck and puts his other hand straight through Koufax's stomach, pulling out a pistol brought with them from the future. You know, to add insult to injury, they basically, poor Koufax was just used as a gun mule since, uh, again, since only organic matter can come through the time portal, they used him to, to bring a gun through. The final splash page of the issue is such a great badass shot of the group of Terminators that I can almost hear the original Terminator theme music by Brad Fidel. So that's all for Terminator number one and for this episode of Daily Spinner Rack. Make sure to visit every day for a new review of a random back issue from my collection. Thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow.